This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everybody. We're back. Happy Thursday. We're back bringing you another episode of She's a New Yorker. I'm Katie, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Mars, the other half of She's a New Yorker. First and foremost, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners and everyone who listened to our Mother's Day special last week. Um, the feedback was amazing. We had so much fun recording it. We laughed a lot. So I hope this episode brings you honestly just as much laughter and joy. I think it definitely will. We're joined by co-hosts of, excuse my grandma, Kim and her grandma Gail. Yeah, Kim and grandma Gail have really, really funny content. Um, besides their podcast, they have really funny TikToks that's and that's where Katie and I actually found them and started watching their stuff yeah we found them on on TikTok I think I found them first on Instagram and then I took that me to TikTok and then we started listening to their podcast and they have great guests but they also just have really interesting content and like we said funny banter so you'll definitely get a taste of that in our interview with them so stay tuned oh also everybody Thank you so much. We are celebrating a milestone with all of you. We have hit 1,000 listeners, so let's keep it going, and we really appreciate you all listening to us. Yeah, thanks for listening to us. I hope we're not giving you a headache yet. And don't forget to follow our Instagram and TikTok. So a round of applause for us, because I've been dying to use this thing. Wrong one. Wrong one. That's the wrong one. (laughs) A round of applause for a thousand listeners. Love that. Do you feel appreciated? So, okay, so <laughs> to kick it off, food, Hampton season is starting, and this restaurant actually has locations in different areas of Manhattan and also in the Hamptons. So, our food of the week is Sunny and Beach. So, it's perfect for Grandma Gail because she's an Upper East Sider and a Palm Beach goer. But it's an Italian restaurant, and then in Southampton, it's an Italian restaurant, a delicious, very sceny. I would say it's sceny in all locations of the city, especially the Soho location, because yeah. it's like very prime and you can sit outside. I feel um, like it's not like sceny though. Like it's not trendy. No, it's just like sceny. If you want, first of all, if you want a delicious meal, a nice upscale vibe. Yeah. And it's a good people watching spot. It's not like you're going to go in there and turn up, but like it's a good people watching spot. That's, and if you if don't want to go for a full meal, you could do like the gelatos. Insane. Yeah, the gelato is really good. My or brother does like that a lot. To go. Oh, pro tip. Their matcha is low key. Sickening. Is it? So good. I've never like, had literally. it. Okay, maybe next time I'm craving matcha, that's where I'll go. Yeah, get an ice matcha and honey in it. It's really good. Honey in it. That's a good tip. So that's our food of the week. And our fun of the week is speakeasies in the city, one of which we went to recently, Dear Irving. In Gramercy. It's really such a vibe. I feel like all speakeasies in general in New York, the drinks are so good. They're all I mean, they have to have a good cocktail list. You know, it's like part of the whole vibe of it. I mean, there's so many now. I feel like there's actually a lot in my area, like in the Flatiron Nomad area. There are so many, so many. There's like patent pending, um, which is a really cool one in the back of a coffee shop. There's Attaboy, which is a Korean restaurant that's insane so good and they have a speakeasy in the back there's also one in uh chanson the coffee shop in Flatiron on 23rd street so yeah speakeasies are a vibe yeah they really are i feel like a speakeasy is actually the perfect date spot it is it's like such a safe date spot moving on for our fitness and wellness the baccarat hotel has the most incredible spa if you're treating yourself go there katie and i treated ourselves for my birthday. birthday 
And it's actually cool because if you don't want to splurge for a, you know, massage or a facial, and for facials, they use all La Mer product, but you can also get like a day pass for the pool area, which is so gorgeous. Um, we'll post a picture on our It's Instagram. expensive, but like, it's worth it. Like if you're going to go and pay and like have a spa day, you can hang out there all yeah. day. Like you go, you get your treatment, you hang out at the pool, you can order food. It's yeah. awesome. And it's like stunning. The I got a great massage. Yeah. Highly recommend. So speaking of massages, I have a story that I've been waiting to tell Katie, but I wanted to get her proper reaction. I'm like nervous. This is a lot of pressure. So last week I got back from Formula One and Formula One was so much walking. I'm treating myself to a massage after work one day. So shout out to my sister Carly because she actually introduced Katie and I to this really good little massage parlor in like Kipps Bay, Murray Hill There's area. like two locations, like oddly close to each other. It's called Jinyu. But it's, it's like Iraq. So I called Jinyu and I'm like, can you take me? Because they take really last minute appointments. Yeah. So I was like, can you take me at like six o'clock? I walk in like literally probably like skipping my step, like smiling ear to ear. And they're like, you booked the wrong location. So I was, I was like actually heartbroken. I leave. I'm so defeated. I'm like walking. I was staying at my parents' house. So I'm walking back to my parents' house. So I'm looking for spots similar to Jinyu because I didn't want like a basic nail salon back massage. So I find this place. I start walking. I'm about like a block away. I get a text from them and I'm like, um, like to confirm your appointment, to confirm my appointment. I get a text. I see a text from random number, a random number. I'm like, and it's the massage the place. And it's like, hi, baby. What services do you want with the tongue emoji? No, stop. No, stop. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, shoot. Like wait, but you're sure it was the place? Yes, it wasn't just like a number that I called. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm like, hmm. But this one I was already downstairs, so I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going up. So I go up, bro. That was your first sign. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna excuse myself. I'm not gonna stay. Like I don't know what's gonna happen here, (laughs) but like I don't need to test the waters. So they obviously were like a happy ending spot, but like, I didn't know that happy ending spots are like so upfront about it. Like, <laughs> wait, I mean, I guess I would rather be upfront about it than me like laying there and then trying oh, something. Oh my God. No. Why did you walk in after getting the text? <laughs> Maybe it was like desperation. And what curiosity. did the place look like? Kind of looked like genuine. <laughs> but like no 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 way less clean um, yeah genu's very clean and they're pretty yeah, professional really like it's not like and genu plays like spa like it's not baccarat like, hotel but like it's not yeah <laughs> no this place looked like i was gonna get a happy ending put it that way oh my god so I was like, I'm going to have to leave. So I like literally. Okay, I, think I, I was afraid like with the hype up of this, I was afraid like this was going to get like really far. Uh, oh, it gets worse. What? So I go like you stain bolt down the stairs. I'm out of there. So now I'm like, all right, on to the next spot. Yeah, so so you I left. try another okay. spot. I left. I try another spot. I call this spot and I'm like, <laughs> also like, you know, not to not to. um discriminate against all second floor spas but i think i'm just gonna make the like general assumption that if you have to walk upstairs upstairs (laughs) in a walk-up to get into the massage parlor like reconsider your decision so was that the common theme that was the common theme that i was getting this happened to you now for a second time so I go to the second place and I'm like feeling a little more confident about them. I walk in. Like, you weren't really like, cute. oh my God. <laughs> it's a walk up again. And I'm like, okay, like, I guess this is the best I'm going to get. I walk in. I'm, she's like, okay. She takes me into the little room and they're not saying anything, which was just like freaking me out. Like, not like, oh, you know, like take your clothes off and like get under the sheets and then we'll knock and come back in, you know, like the standard. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're just not saying anything. So I was like, okay. They bring me into the room and it's like lit up red. Like the red room in 50 shades of gray. And there's the massage bed. And then there's a regular bed next to the massage bed. 
with stuffed animals on it. What? So I was like, perfect. I'm in a horror movie. Because then I was thinking, I'm like, maybe this is how happy endings work. I mean, you're still sitting there. You're still sitting there. You didn't get up. Oh, no, Katie. Like, I got the full massage. So if any of our listeners are listening and have gotten a happy ending before, let me know. You sat there with the stuffed animals and got a massage? No, no. Oh my God. This is how desperate I was. This is how broken my back was. There are so many other options. So I don't know. I'm curious. Like, Were you nervous? I think I would have been anxious the whole time. I don't even think I would have enjoyed the massage. I was was dripping sweat because I was so nervous. I'm like, just please let me make it through this massage because like, I really just need to put my back. That's all I'm here for. First of all, she goes so hard. I literally think she broke my back. I And I love pressure. But you know what? I was so scared to even say anything. Like, I was scared to tell her, like, go lighter. Like, to, like not as hard. Because That's I was like, like me. I never speak up. I was just scared. I usually speak up. But in this, in the red room, I was not down to speak up. I was just like, let me make it. Yeah, it was the worst massage of my life. I was sweating the entire time. I like sprinted out of there. Okay, you had three red flags. A text. I know. Then you went into the wrong place. Then you try again. And then what? You go and you're like, okay, sure. Let me pay before. Oh, and then the red room. And then the bed with the stuffed animals. That was more than three, obviously. So... I guess I'm easily taken advantage of. You knew. You fully knew you needed to leave. I, I would have gotten knew. out of there, I think, so fast. Wow, Mars. Not good. But I So we went it. from the Baccarat Hotel to that. To that. <laughs> that is just pure. It should not have happened. Life's about balance. We Life's go about from cha- one extreme Life's to the about other. challenging yourself, okay? No, stop. Stepping out of your comfort zone. <laughs> always wondered what like a happy ending massage parlor looked like so now I that's know. what you get that's what you fucking get that's what you get and if I ever date someone who tells me he's had a happy ending and Bye. this is the room I picture I'm running running so moving right along fashion cowboy boots yeah cowboy boots are in I'm loving them. I hate. I'm I was a, a hater. I was a hater at the beginning. I'm not gonna lie. I think it depends on the cowboy boot. To be honest, for me, still, but I'm into them. And you know what? I'm crediting my mom. She used to wear cowboy boots all the time. My mom had a pair too, but they were cool when our they they took like a they thirty came year back. hiatus. Interesting, because my mom, the ones I wore on Halloween. Oh, yes, yes. They took a hiatus, and I think the style of them definitely changed. Like, our moms, they were classic, classic cowboy boots, where now it's like a a cowboy boot, but, like, make it trend. Lastly, fads. Green. The color green. I am so on the color green bandwagon. I honestly think I might be overdoing it, but, like, I really don't care. I, I mean, listen, I love the color green, I've oh I've always said it's like one of my colors, green and blue. I love. Yeah. But I just feel like I looked up and green is everywhere. Everywhere. It started, honestly, it's like, like the color I, of the year. I feel like I would give Bottega credit for it. They the really bags. Yeah, they like right. really started it. And it's that green. It's that green. Yeah. It's that like earth emerald green color. Totally. I like went to this Greek conference, Leadership 100, and I literally wore green the entire time. Like people were like Okay, dude, we got it. Green is your color. Like, <laughs> I wore green both nights. Like, my bathing suit was green. I Everyone's just, wearing green. I, I, I literally love it. I hope it stays in style. I also feel like emeralds people are loving. Mm-hmm. Like, people are just loving green. And yeah, I like it. Green's a little bit of a fad. So our fashion covered a little... I mean, our fad covered a little bit of fashion and fad, but... That wraps up our five Fs. Check out the TikTok where we post weekly TikToks with the... Five Fs and photos, um, just in case you don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) And stay tuned for some fun dating advice from Grandma Gail and Kim Merstein. We hope you enjoy the episode. Don't forget to share, rate, and subscribe to She's a New Yorker. So we'll stop now. I'm Kim. I'm 26. And this is my grandma, Gail. And I'm not telling my age. <laughs> all the time, though. So, um, but yeah, we started, excuse my grandma, a little over a year ago when I moved out of New York City and in with my grandparents in Florida. 
And we were kind of talking all about, well, she's a classic Jewish grandma. She gets involved in everything in my life, honestly. (laughs) I was actively dating, as I still am. And um, grandma was giving her two cents on everything. I was teaching her how to swipe through apps for me. She was picking out my outfits. And we realized how many generational differences there are from the 50s and 60s with dating and relationships compared to now. So we decided to start the podcast, both to inform her age group about what we're going through today so they can kind of get closer with their grandkids. And then for us to get the wisdom that Grandma Gail has. To get a little smarter in dating. <laughs> well, we thank God you did. We are huge fans. Uh, yeah. good. Good. Thank I- you. I feel like it's a really cool concept what you've started because everyone probably has that relationship with either a grandparent or even some parents who are more old school. Your audience and your reach is so broad. Like I was showing my parents your videos and we were dying laughing. They should watch. They should listen. (laughs) I know. I was talking about the podcast, but we, for, if people don't know, we're also on TikTok. We started our TikTok shortly after and on there, we make videos about everything from dating to lifestyle. (laughs) So when you started, what was your family's reaction to it? How did grandpa react? Um, Did he understand? Grandpa's here, but grandpa's not getting involved in the conversations. <laughs> it's so funny because our probably top comment is like, where's Poppy? <laughs> right. And they'll ask like, does he exist? I'm like, yeah, they've been married for 58 years. Like he very much exists, but he's letting us do our thing. I think his voice has been in the background of some of our videos. Some of the TikToks. Yeah. And people think it's so funny, but I I tell everyone when we reach half a million followers, we will do a, I haven't told him, but we will not tell him he'll kill you. We will do a (laughs) podcast. He'll sabotage it. (laughs) A happy reveal. I love it. And grandma Gail, what were your friends reactions to it? Like, did they know what podcasts were? I loved it. They've been yeah. very, very supportive because, you know, it broke up a lot of Canasta games because I had to leave the games. But uh, the truth is, uh, I think everybody is getting a lot of fun out of it and enjoying it. And they all comment and uh, give their two cents on every episode. So we're pretty lucky. We have a good fan base. You've That's got awesome. great feedback. I love that. Yeah, we have. We really have said no negatives. We're not we're not into the uh, it's actually amazing because I feel like with our followers, especially on TikTok, I have never seen such positivity. Like I've never been met with such amazing like reaction. Everyone loves Grandma Gail. And they're like, I want her to be my grandma. Yeah, (laughs) no, they don't. (laughs) I was like, trust me, trust me, you you don't. don't. (laughs) Uh, But no, it's so nice. And like, I know I hear so many things about like bullying on social media and all that, of course, exists. But we've just been lucky, I think, Mm -hmm. because our uh, content is quite wholesome that like we haven't really been met with that kind of yeah, we try to find the positive in everything and also in, in every guest we've had. It has mm-hmm. always been a very positive vibe. We don't mm-hmm. go for the negative. So what has been your proudest moment since launching? And maybe like when someone reached out and you were like, oh, wow, this is a huge content creator reaching out saying they love our stuff. Do you have the same one? I'm curious. I bet we have different ones. I mean, we were on Rachel Ray, which was, we loved that experience. Just to be, I used to work in um, news and television. And so kind of bringing us back to that, my roots in in media was really fun and kind of getting that national attention always feels really good. And they were so fun to work with. they were terrific. And then when it comes to creators reaching out, I've actually never thought or talked about it. Like that, that is one of my favorite moments because especially from ones that I really like, like Tinks or Remy Bader, people who are kind of like the millennial content creator world when- I've gotten messages from kind of all of them and they're wonderful. And so that's really exciting. I think my proudest moment is seeing Kimberly become really a manager of this company. I mean, she really does everything. I'm sort of her sidekick and and everybody (laughs) laughs that Grandma Gail is in the show. But really, she has become a business person and she's learned how to financially and emotionally. And I I think that I'm very proud of that. Thank you. I'm such an asshole. I'm like name dropping. (laughs) I I don't even know those names that you just (laughs) named. So it doesn't matter. Right. Kim's like fielding them all for you. Yeah, some of them I know, but mm-hmm. my yeah. stage of my life, none of them affect me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you get excited though with like some brands who want to work with us. Oh, like, yeah, well, that's more very exciting. That. that I do like. Yeah. I, do I, like. I, I loved your TikToks with Aloe Yoga. 
Oh my God. Did you see how she wanted me to get on the floor and do some of those exercises? I was like, if I got on the floor, I'd never be able to get up. There was no way. So we're having a lot of fun with that. And they've been really, everybody has been very generous. Oh, those are great. Yeah. Those are great moments. I feel like it's so special that you guys get to like work together and you can see your grandma in this capacity. You get to see your granddaughter in this capacity. Like that's so rare. Yeah. That is very cool. Like, I think this is actually her first job ever. So ever. She, she always makes the joke. She's like, you're my boss and my granddaughter. And like, I'm not, like this is a great first boss to have. But yeah, obviously, like, I, I love working together. And I live with her too, most of the year now. So it's, it's a lot of together time, but it doesn't feel like too much to me. Now you're going back and forth to New York all the time. So now it doesn't matter. Last yeah. year, when, when the pandemic was mm-hmm. at its height, we, we were really <laughs> bosom buddies all the time. But now <laughs> she's got her own life back. Thank heavens. And, <laughs> you know, she comes down and we do some shows down here. And then we do some shows up in New York now. And it's been, it's worked out fine. It really has. Right. And she's also <laughs> playing golf. So she's out, she's outside. She's become a professional. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're in the warm weather, that helps. Oh, it's yeah. so beautiful. Well, now she plays up north too. No, I went to this um uh simulator the other day. Are you, you guys are in the city, right? Yeah. Um I, Five Iron, have you heard of this? Yes, Where Five Iron that? Golf. I've heard I've heard of it. It's People in, love um, it. Hot Iron like on 19th yeah, and it's by my oh, apartment. I've passed it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's like they're upstairs. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to keep it up. Yeah. You're not getting on to the tour yet. No. <laughs> I guess on. then on the flip side, we asked like, what's been the coolest moment? What has been one of the most challenging things to kind of overcome since starting your podcast? Mm, I think in general, just growing, you know, it's one mm-hmm. thing your friends and your family and friends of friends find out about like the content you're creating. And that's amazing and exciting, but getting a beyond that what I kind of learned from it all was not to you know I was focusing so much in the beginning do I need PR like how do I make this a business how do I start working with brands like that all comes when you literally just focus on the actual stuff that you're making and I didn't want to believe that at first but it really is true yeah I'm learning still every day and even like when I'm prepping Grandma Gallon interviews like how much is too much to prep how little is too little because I don't like to give you that much when I'm basically I don't know what she's going to what what it is except for I know who the subjects are that's it do you prefer to be prepped or you like to go no we we don't do it that we don't prep she doesn't she just tells me who they are what their Mm -hmm. career is or what their subject matter is that they want to get across and we we sort of Mm -hmm. wing it which I'm much better at that I I, I don't need a script I have all my questions for an interview like I'm not memorizing all my questions and it works better for us then I wouldn't be that uh, that good scripted it doesn't work for me well yeah (laughs) in life I'm not having good scripted so (laughs) I've never been scripted in my life so I can't start now (laughs) Yeah, you just kind of figure it out and you flow. We have points of view and and the points of view wouldn't come across if it was all written down. And we we clearly do have points of view on on whatever subject we're talking about. And very often we have the same point of view and and we, you know, we listen to it and sometimes we don't. And we've learned to respect it, which is which is part of this whole process. Right. That's something I feel like our generation really needs to learn is to like agree to disagree and respect it and be okay with it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, that's, that's exactly correct. I mean, you know, (laughs) you you have to listen to the other person's opinion. You don't have to agree with it, but you do have to listen to it. It's so true. I feel like my whole life and I still do it. Like all I want to do is kind of battle with my parents and my grandparents of like, you don't get it. Like, this is how it works now. Like the, you don't get it mindset though. Like you have to try to teach even from the smallest things like me teaching you what ghosting is like that obviously doesn't matter, but it's like, it does in the context of what dating is today. So like teaching those things and then the bigger problems too. And then being able to like, listen that the listening part, I'm still well, you're, you're getting good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. prom da- dating and love is basically the same for thousands of years. It hasn't changed. It's just some of the language has changed and, and the, the way and the method of how you find someone is, is right. changed. That's the biggest difference. And we all have to learn to adjust to it and to understand it. And that's what we're trying to teach our viewers as well as ourselves. That's that actually is a really true statement. It is. Oh, yeah. It's probably the method is the biggest thing that 
we've seen shift, especially in and just lingo. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's lingo. And it's also so much on uh, on social media. Right. I mean, is is a very it's a big plus for you girls, but it's not necessarily the best way to have a romance. So right. um, it's it's still, it still has to be uh, determined how good this whole social media thing is for relationships. I'm and not like dating apps and, and dating things. apps. Right. I mean, that's uh, that will be determined in years to come. And I'm sure there will be surveys and all kinds of conversations over that. Yeah. So shifting over to dating, Kim, were you always very open with grandma Gail about your dating life and did that grow as you moved in together oh yeah it grew it definitely grew when we moved in together because she saw me leaving and coming and like (laughs) talk about everyone with her um but yeah we've always been open I, I say this all the time but I feel like we're definitely more open off mic than on mic because grandma makes me have some boundaries um but yeah we we talk about it all together and I mean Growing up, I guess I did too. It's mm-hmm. just as an adult, um, dating, I guess, is like looks a lot different. So now is when I have more questions, I guess. And as you get out into the world, it becomes a different, a different type of conversation and needs to be talked about a little bit more on a serious level, not just, you know, we're going yeah. to a party. And well, I also to like movie. to be like, is this behavior normal or is it just like <laughs> what a 22, uh, sorry, 2022 guy acts like? Right. Like, is this like if because if I ask my friends they're gonna be like yeah this guy did this to me too but like right. if I'm asking grandma she'll be like no like that's not acceptable <laughs> well it wasn't a lot of the things were not acceptable in my in my time I, I still don't think a lot of it is, is accept, uh, acceptable yeah. but no you know, time was better no it's time like, was yeah. better no time was better there were there were issues in everybody's generation <laughs> and it's just how to how you manage it mm-hmm. right right and what what would you say the best dating advice Grandma Gail has given you is probably to not overanalyze like and just to cut through the BS and see what the thing the problem or the what they're really trying to say because I mean we all do it all let's say you get a text message and I'm really overanalyzing does it mean this does it mean this and grandma's like it if he if he's not free this week, like he's not trying to see you and that's what it is like and I think I try to see every single possibility and sometimes it's not black and white, but I think having more of that mindset, like saves you a lot of stress. Yeah. Seeing it from every single like angle possibility. Well, he put a question mark here. He put a period right. there. Like, does that change the meaning? I think that's, it's funny. Cause whenever you post TikToks about interpreting text messages, I always find it. Oh, we love those. So <laughs> funny because I'll even see it with like my parents and my mom's like, well, why do you feel like you have to take two hours to answer? I'm like, well, he took two <laughs> hours. He took an hour and 45 minutes. So I've taken another 15. Like our generation just psychoanalyzes everything. And I think it's the problem of everything being over the phone. But I find those a great video idea and I'll, I'll give you some credit, but I feel like if I run by text messages through you and like you say, and I say, this is how long you would have to respond, wait to respond. Yes. So if he says like, Hey, I would give that like six minutes, right. but if it's like something serious, you're already like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't take it. Just first of all, this is so complicated. You make every relationship more than it is. Either they're into you or they're not into you. Right. <laughs> so ridiculous. Truth is give somebody a chance. And once the chance is not what you want and not what you're looking for, leave it. Don't drag it on because there's no point in it. Leave people as as best you can with not a bad taste in everybody's mouth, but get over it and go on to the next. There are a thousand fish in the sea and they're waiting for you beautiful girls. They really are. And you make too much of it. I really don't. I wouldn't hang into a bad relationship for too long because that just is toxic. It's bad enough when you get married. Right. You find out you can't stand the way he folds his socks and turns and puts his shirt away. And you have to make an issue out of that. So you you have to learn to move on, find the right person that you want to spend time with and want to have a relationship with and go for it. There's nothing guaranteed. See, that's the thing. I think your generation is looking for guarantees. And if it doesn't work, 
you go on to the next one. There's no other thing you can talk about. There's really nothing. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I also feel like our generation, everyone's always looking for the next next best yeah. thing, especially I find it more with men. Um, mm-hmm. And in New York, where there's so many options and so many different dating apps and so many different places. But you gave the guys the power, girls. Right. <laughs> that you gave them the no, power now you no. can't take it back yes <laughs> i mean i hope right. not i'm telling you i believe that the girls have let it been you're too easy on them you give it to everything that they want because right away why, why is it their call whether like you get to see somebody again or whatever like why can't you say like you hey, can what? you can but it doesn't work like that no guy won't, likes that they like to be the chaser we've discussed this five thousand times <laughs> And oh, you guys like to be the chaser. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I think that's probably accurate. I think girls though too are just so afraid of being labeled like the crazy girl. Yeah. Right. You definitely want to be like the more chill, laid back, like not care whether you see them again, but I just don't get the point in putting up a front at all. I don't think you have to put up a front, but I but I think at some point you have to communicate with the gentleman or whatever that or the woman or whatever relationship you're in that is this a relationship or are we just friends or are we nothing and we were just wasting time <laughs> and, and and then say goodbye because no, because then you're the crazy girl like it's after two dates okay. you're Not like what days. are we well, no, <laughs> but you should know after a couple of months of dating yeah. someone frequently is this somebody I like and I want to spend really a lot of quality time with three yes. dates you don't even know what a guy likes to eat after three days. I mean, it's so crazy. And and he doesn't know what you like. But sure. certainly after a couple of months, you do know. And uh, if you're finding nothing on the same level with them, then you should really just move on. Of course, I got engaged after three, uh, after a few months. So and I got married after six. So you wow. can't you can't go by me. And that's what was done in those days because we I, weren't yeah. like, we weren't sleeping with the men. And if our guy wanted to go to sleep with you, he knew he had to marry you. So that was the end of the conversation. How old were you when you got married? 21. Wow. I was just out of college. That was like, that was normal peak time. But that was normal. That was normal. You know, if, and, and certainly that was what was expected of a date. I mean, that was, you were, you were not, you know, you could have been in a mad love affair with them. You could have been whatever you were in or just, just having fun. They knew there had to be an end. There had to be something that was declared, either we're moving on to the next level and getting married or we're not. Sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. I've never thought about, I know I always take what you say as face value with that, but it's like, what about the guys who like are dating, but they're like emotionally unavailable. Like they had to have existed then too. Like those those oh, boys I'm didn't. sure they were. I'm sure they were. But so I, then after I must... five months, there was nobody who was like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I, dating I... to date. Right. No one uh, was dating to date. I think in in high school, you were dating to date. In college, you were dating sort of to date the first couple of years. By the time you reached 20, even for the guys, they knew they had to declare themselves, especially if you were in a long term relationship. First, of all, we all brought our dates home to our family. There were still guys who were like 40 year old bachelors. Yeah, but we didn't. Buy, but I didn't know them. We were in our right. 20s. In our 20s, you don't think about those guys we considered were never marriageable. Right. And girls over the now age of like 20. Try to make them settle right. down. Like and maybe then you were like, no, I'm not interested. You wouldn't have and now we're like, oh, him, okay, right? maybe he settled he, down. Yeah, well, yeah. we didn't, a 20 year old girl in those days in the 60s or 50s wasn't interested in dating somebody 40. Okay, but whatever, 30. They, they, yeah, they wouldn't like, have seen that. They wouldn't have known that. Everybody was trying to fix each other up and it was a very insular kind of world. Now what you're mm-hmm. having now is completely different because you're not insular and you're all over the place. Uh, so it's, a, it's much harder to compare that. Uh, I'm not saying that was, believe me, loads of my friends, I would say almost 80% of them, the first group of friends that I knew all got divorced because we hit the seventies and the women all of a sudden turned around and said, where's my career? Where's my life? Right. So, so uh, I'm not saying that it was all idyllic, which it was not, you know, it depends on your personality too. And, and, um, and how much of a give and take in a relationship you have. It's all one way. It tends not to be so good. If it's 60, 40, I would say the women have 60% of the intake and the guys have 40 and you make them think (laughs) they have 60. That's the secret to a good marriage. Right. My mom always says that she's like, 
never fully, you know, lay all your cards out on the table. Exactly correct. Exactly. Um, they like the mystery. Right. Yes. I also <laughs> feel like they like the mystery. Just in terms of the age thing, I feel like people in our age group think once you get married or once you're in that very serious relationship, your life is over. Yeah. Where it's like, it shouldn't just be beginning. that way. It's right. just beginning. <laughs> it's just beginning, but it's different. Now you're, now you're thinking as a couple and you're thinking as a unit, whereas before you were thinking by, about yourself. And, and that's fine. You have to be ready for that moment. And the moment could happen when you're 18, when you're 19. It depends on your personality. Or it could happen when you're 40. Uh, there's no that's right true. time anymore for anyone, except that the right. biological clock for women tends to be in their 30s. So I would say that, um, you know, there is a biological clock for women, not so much anymore with IVF and all these other things that we now have, they don't have a clock. So let's face it, they're in no rush. And I would advise any young man not to rush. I mean, he should be 30. He should really think about it or in his late 20s um, and really make sure he's got a career that he can support his wife and himself and that his wife can make a contribution if she does, or that he can take care of both of them. So it's it's not very much different than it ever was. It's just uh, the women think it's different. They're trying <laughs> to, I, I think you don't that, agree, right? Yeah, well, because you're saying like, oh, the guy has to be able to take care of either both, or at least it, the woman can also be Absolutely. bringing in a substantial amount Correct. of income and be able to support like in monetary ways. No question. As well. Absolutely. So I think that like, as if you can, with as if whether you're a man or a woman, like I guess your goal should be to at least bring fifty percent. Okay, right. right. I think it's fifty percent of something. Of, yeah, not necessarily right. of of money. I right. Think right. However, however, you want to divide it, it's fine. There, but yeah. somebody has to have the emotional thing to start a family, to be That's in a house, to take care of a house, to say I'm going to make dinner. It doesn't work fifty fifty. It really doesn't. And you're thinking about that it's going to work fifty fifty is not even logical. It's not even practical. All know, that's going to end up is in a divorce court. Women a little bit of like a luxury of like, oh, we'll just find, or sorry, saying to the guy, like you have to be able to, like, it's adding to the societal pressure that like, not to side with men, cause I'm such a feminist, but like, they have like a lot of pressure that they have to support a family or whatever. And right. They, right. That's true. Yeah. They have to support a family. That's really reality. I mean, the women certainly now who have jobs and certainly high power jobs and make loads of money. And in many cases, the woman makes more money than the man. So then the man has to take up the slack and, and do the household and take care of the children. Somebody has to do the mundane things in a relationship. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter really in this world who does it. No. But you have to, ha- you still have roles. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you say, oh, it's 50 50, it's really never 50 50. Right. But as long as you all agree on it, it doesn't matter. Nobody has to divide it up on a piece of paper. True. You right. know, <laughs> as long as someone at the end of the day takes the garbage out, that's the most important part in most relationships. Who's taking out the garbage? So. Yeah. No, that is very true. I guess as long as things are getting done and the right. two partners agree on who's doing what, who's doing what. I think that's definitely, it's never 50, 50, but I think it changes. Like it, in the beginning, maybe it's 50, 50. Then at one point, I think one person's always pulling more. Yes. I I think it just throughout different stages of life changes regardless. It doesn't really matter. You know what you shouldn't, if you have somebody you care about, it doesn't matter. If it's 50, 50 or 60, 40 or 30, 70, it really right. doesn't make any difference. It You have to accommodate each other's strong points and, mm-hmm. and points. And once you do that, then you know you're in a good relationship. If you have to excuse bad behavior, then you shouldn't be in that relationship to begin with. Uh, but if somebody really is trying and, and doing the best that they both can, then that it usually works out. It really does. It's when somebody is either abusive emotionally or what it, for whatever reason feels they, they're doing too much and they, they're resentful. Then, then there's an issue and you need to shrink in there talking. Right. <laughs> yeah, you need marriage counseling or relationship counseling. I, I think you see it in many relationships before you even get married. And that to me is a red flag. Yeah, I feel like you were always team, like if you need therapy before you're even married, like just find another relationship. Yeah. Well, that's my feeling. Yeah. 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 Because 
I mean, not in, let's say if he has a problem with his mother or father or yeah, like his, personally or his, to be in what, therapy. Yeah, that's different. Right. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're having a, a, a relationship that you've been in and now you need therapy about that relationship before you've even put the ring on and walked down the aisle, I would say this would be a big red flag for me because in I, life you're going to have so many problems. That's going to be the, you know, if you're having issues before you even do it together, it, it's really sometimes you need to move on. Yeah, I hate to say it, and I know it's heartbreaking. I do agree. I feel like when I hear people who are like just boyfriend and girlfriend dating in, cu- in, in couple couple therapy, therapy it's like, right. no, not know. good. It's not good. Yeah. It's only yeah. going to get worse, right? And you <laughs> haven't even dealt with the major issues Issue. that tend to cause therapy. Okay, that's not to say though that like you don't have problems in your relationship no. until you get married. Like everyone is going to have arguments, and everyone is going to like have things that they like don't necessarily agree on or whatever it is, but the, to a level where it would require professional psychiatric help, like that is the difference. That's the, that's the difference. Of course, if you can work it out yourselves, then that's fine. That's healthy. So going back to, let's say the early stages of dating, what was a normal dating activity that maybe would happen in your generation, grandma Gail versus doesn't necessarily really happen nowadays? You know what? I was dating in college and then I, after college, I was married. So I can only judge it from, you know, from my perspective. We dated very innocently. We went for dinner. We went to a movie. If you had a, a guy that could afford it, we went to theater. I mean, I loved, lived in the suburbs. So to go to theater for me was a very big thing. Um, and so I, I think we did the same things. Um, we did not really more like I, innocently. I was, we I was, weren't asked, in the bars. Right. We didn't go to bars. Okay. There would not be no way we went to a bar. Now we went to fraternity parties um, and we, you know, we did that kind of thing. We went to local, I shouldn't say that because we did go to local hangouts that were actually bars, uh, but I would never have considered going to a bar to get picked like up. Like a guy like, wasn't like, Hey, do you want to get drinks at 7 no. PM on Thursday? No. Okay. Like, let's have okay. supper. We'll and go to a coffee to shop. Like, yeah. Coffee shops and diners. And yeah. Stuff. We did. It wasn't we like did. It wasn't real formal. Restaurants. No. And, and first of all, we didn't spend that money. Right. You know, we were talking about right. 20 year olds. We didn't have jobs. My husband, when I married him, had just graduated business school. We had no money. But right. we, managed. we had enough money saved up. And our parents, of course, helped too. Uh, you know, in those days when you're marrying a 21, uh, you don't have a big bankroll unless you're a Zuckerberg. Right. <laughs> and you did manage. Right. Uh, I, I think it was very different. It was a more of an innocent dating. Put yeah. It I don't like if a guy will ask me oh, to pick, to a, pick spot. a spot. And you pick the well, spot. Well, you see, you like to be chased too. This is my point. Right. This is my point. There's no question. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing the chasing. Yes. Right, right, right. Yes. Yeah. So when thinking about like dating timelines and like when to introduce the boyfriend to the family, what, Kim, what do you typically like think about that? And then grandma Gail, do you agree? Or would you like to meet them sooner or later? I don't know, honestly, if I have a formula, I feel like with everyone I've dated, it's been a little bit different. I would say like, I wouldn't do a formal, let's have dinner and meet my parents unless we were exclusively boyfriend and girlfriend. But of course, guys I've dated before then have met my parents, just like I spent a lot of time with them. Or when I was living with Grandma Gail, she met guys that I was dating. They weren't my boyfriend, but it was just like, it's a small town kind of thing. Right. Uh, but I mean, in your day, if you brought someone home, the parents would meet them on the first date and like shake Correct. their hand. And yeah, so well, that, that was part of yeah. you would never have gone out with somebody, basically, who didn't meet your parents early on in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It was just that was a courtesy that you did. And so uh, I feel like now even you're like, why didn't they come? To, like, yeah. why didn't they open the door and like meet come us? Come in and say or, hello. Like, say uh, hi, you know, like, you don't have to be engaged to somebody to yeah. be respectful. Right. And I, right. I right. it still applies today. And I think there's nothing wrong with a guy coming in and say, I'm so-and-so. I went uh, to Syracuse and I'm going to go out with your granddaughter and it's nice meeting you. And that's it. Go in the car and leave. I think that's just the right thing to do. Listen, I still like when a guy opens a car door, but I don't know if they do that. So, uh, but I do think it's, it's important also for the, for the family to see who you're dating. But okay. Uh, Yes and no. Like I do. (laughs) I I have mixed feelings. 
Yeah. Cause so I show you guys like most of the people I, before even one date, because now I've gotten in that habit, but then it's like, let's say I didn't like them after date one or two, then you're always going to be like, what about this guy? And like, they're, then they're aware of that. Oh, when that, what about that guy who came in and met me? Like, and I'm like, oh yeah, I right. met him one time. Well, like, that's a negative. You're right. But, it, but it also can, you know, it works both ways. Let's, let's face it. There's no one rule for this. Mm-hmm. I, I still think that it's, if your parents tend to see the fellow in action, or come for dinner, and you're not even, you know, exclusive. There are certain things that parents or grandparents see that you don't see. But I do think uh, that they're more comfortable in talking to you about it if they've met them. They can't discuss your problems if they haven't met them. I have to have a whole... Wait, yeah, I never thought... Is that hard when I'm like telling you issues that I'm having and you don't have a face to the name? Well, you don't really know who it is. And, and you right. know, it would be not that hard, but it, but it makes it easier if you've met them. That's true. Even if you think about with friends, like when I'm giving friends advice, like if they're talking to me about a guy, I like almost forget which guy they're talking about sometimes, unless you it's somebody you- that I've met. And then you start to label them like the guy, uh, right. Miami, Miami guy, guy whatever. <laughs> right, right, right. No, that is true. And I feel like it's all like, even if I've told my parents about a date I've been on and let's say it goes really well. And then the second date doesn't. And I'm like, oh, he said this, this, and this, my parents will be like, well, based on what you said about the first date, I can't see right. him saying those things. And I'm like, okay, but he did. Cause you weren't there. Right. And, and you don't know who he is. Right. So, so give him a third point. date. I always say, give somebody three dates. Yeah, I like that's that. That's really nearly an introduction. You're just talking about nothing. unless you're really anti, like only oh, when you're, if you're really, really, t- t- if he's toxic and well, you're not and toxic, and but you, even if you're like, I'm 100% like never going to change my mind about this person. But I think if you're like, I'm not sure, then give it three. I agree. Well, Grandma Gail, I know you know what the ick is now from. Yeah, like, now I know the ick. So I feel like if you get like a really bad ick on the first or second date, I'm not sure it's worth. All right. Okay. I don't know. I got married to a guy I would never married normally. So (laughs) it was not a normal kind of date that I would have gone out. So I guess I use my, since we weren't in relationships like you girls are, I used my my theory of who was going to be the best for me in the long run. And it ended up to be a long run. Doesn't that go against the whole thing of like date for who they are today, not who they're going to be? Like, you know how, like, sometimes with guys, I'm like, well, you can't, they're not committal now, but I can see that they're going to be around. No, I don't want to wait. No, but what if you're like, oh yeah, like, it's not like that exciting now, but I know he's going to be good. Like, how do you know? You take a chance because everything else looks good. I don't know because I think you can't look at our your life like Hollywood does, or like you see on these stories on television. It just isn't realistic. So you, if you're dating two guys and they both look good on paper, you got to finally say, well, who in the long run looks better? And how is it going to work with me dynamically? And say, you know what? It's good. This is our biggest disagreement because I don't think you end up with someone based off what they have on paper. All right. Because you you don't have so many people on paper. No, you don't really. But you kind of do. All right. Okay. I think, I mean, you're right. Some people are better on paper, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, you have to, you can't neglect the emotional connection. I don't think you should neglect it, but I think that the emotional thing can sometimes be fleeting and you could be in a torrid, wonderful, fabulous romance. And then you realize you really couldn't live with this Mm -hmm. guy in the long run. You need to have a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I think, no and I do think our generation places more pressure on the romance. emotional romance. Cause like my mom will always say like, if I'm like, oh, but I can't even tell if I would really be attracted to him. Like conversation was great, but I can't tell if the attraction is there and the chemistry is there. And my mom's always like, it'll, it'll grow. Like once you but, get to know, she's right. Grow. And she's right. I hate to say it. She's right. Got to put a lot of effort into a relationship. It just isn't that easy. It really isn't. So it's not not a Nicholas Sparks movie. <laughs> That's right. It we isn't. have this conversation so much. It's so oh, like I, it's so. I this is why I love talking to people because everyone, not every, okay, so many people like our age. Like I think it's because we grew up with rom coms right. and Disney. And yeah, I'm expecting the last song to happen. Definitely. It's not happening, girls. Gonna, that's why you're gonna you're gonna. So be, I I yeah. this is also our biggest thing. Like I I think never give up on like idealized love. I think it's yeah, I know. All right. Okay. Well, when it comes, <laughs> send me a telegram. <laughs> I want to be there to see it. We will. I hope I'm not dead. <laughs> so.
Right before we wrap up, we're just going to do a few like quick fire New York themed questions. So like top of your mind. Favorite restaurants in New York. Oh, so hard. Nicole is. <laughs> Hers are all like Upper East Side, tiny little Italian restaurants, but that's well, that's where I live. Grandma Gail, what's your favorite uptown spot? Uh, Nicola's on East 84th Street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have a favorite. Probably like, I'm so basic, but like Scarpetta or St. Ambrose, like any. Love. Yeah. Very good. Any favorite date spots in New York? Um, I like fun kind of like non-typical um, dates. So like comedy cellar, even though that is kind of typical, but like doing something other than a meal. That's like a going to a comedy club is always fun. Um, any of the like social clubs in New York, not first date, but after that I think is like fun to go. So it's more of a like loungy vibe than just right. like sitting across from someone. Well, I don't have to answer that because I have no dates. <laughs> Every night is a date. <laughs> was there a hot spot when you were dating Grandma Gail? I lived in I live in lived in a suburb. There was no hot spots. We, we lived, the hot spot probably was in the back of a car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Favorite season in New York? Fall. And mine's spring. Dating pool, better in Palm Beach or better in the city? It's better in New York City, but I've enjoyed my experiences in Palm Beach maybe a little more. Okay. Do you feel like a lot of the- It was more I like the dates I go on here. Like here, it's like a beach walk. You play golf. Like Yeah, that's- Yeah, it's just like nicer, more fun. I'm not like the biggest drinker of all time. So in New York City, when I'm going on dates, it's like too much drinking, a lot of drinking all surrounded. I go to bed so early and it's all like 830 drinks. And like, it's I don't love that kind of dating, but like the actual quality of the guy in New York is probably a little much better. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. And then last one, favorite neighborhood in New York. And I guess, I mean, for Grandma Gail, a neighborhood you've seen just change from when you used to come into the city. Well, actually, it's not true. I've been, I've lived on the Upper East Side for 58 years. So you've seen how every neighborhood has changed. changed. Right. The city has changed. When I got married, the city was a mess. (laughs) Then it got fabulous. Now the city's a mess again. So it goes in cycles. And, uh, you know, I used to love to go to Soho and I used to love to do all those things. Uh, Now I love, I like the same things. I still love to go down, go to the Whitney and go to different uh, museums. It's still my favorite. And I still love the Upper East Side. Yeah, I agree. I'm in love with my area. I love New York. Kim, your favorite? I love New York too. And I've kind of, like, I love Soho and I live in like Chelsea and I'm from the Upper East Side. So I feel like it's so hard to pick a favorite. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The Upper East Side will always have my heart, I think. I know. I feel like us too. Like I love the downtown West Village, Tribeca area, but there's nothing like walking around the Upper East Side on like a Sunday morning. You don't get that quiet. It's so different. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Do either of you have a favorite life lesson that you've learned from each other? You might have one. (laughs) You have to have learned something from me. I have learned something from you, but I'm not discussing it on this this conversation. (laughs) Um, you know, probably like you do really think that there's like no such thing as perfection, but there is such thing as like love and happiness and it doesn't, you know, it's not a high every single day and just like being a little bit more realistic about life. Um, and yeah, just the importance of family and like, you know, I think friends come and go and, and boyfriends come and go, but family You're stuck is with forever. Us. Yeah. <laughs> You're stuck with your family, yeah. like it or not. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Well, thank you both so, so much. So much. This was amazing. I hope well, one good day. Good luck with your podcast. You guys are so cute. I'm excited to listen to oh, all the episodes. Honestly, we could have spoke. I could have sat and spoken to you for hours. hours. <laughs> my, my grandma's like old school from Greece. She grew up in the village. Yeah. She was in arranged marriage, so they're like very, very. And they're still popular. married, right? And they're still married. That's because it looked good on paper. It, it, and I know, correct. It was just easier back then. Yeah, mm. yeah. To you, news.